Podcast Answer Man, episode number 311. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery. You are listening to the man who has trained more people how to podcast than anyone else in the world, Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet released that first episode, you know who you are. (laughs) There's something we can all do to take what we're doing, everything we're doing, to the next level, and that might be taking your new podcast to the next level. Hey, folks, I am so excited about today's episode. Um, It's going to be, well, it's not going to be short, but it's going to be very concise. It's only going to have really two main topics here today. We're going to talk about, well, first, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update about the podcasting patent lawsuit stuff. There's a lot of buzz being built around this thing, and we're going to get into a uh, some sources where you can go read up on it, listen to some content related to it. I've got a couple audio clips that I'm going to play for you here in this episode related to the podcasting patent. Want to give you an update. We'll get to that in just a second. And then for our social media segment today, uh, joined with my good friend Eric J. Fisher, and he and I are going to talk about clout. What is clout and why should we care? Or actually more appropriately, Uh, easy for me to say, more appropriately, should we care? All of that and who knows what else might actually find its way into this episode uh, here for episode 311. Now, I covered the podcasting patent as soon as this thing hit the fan, if you will. Uh, I I was in Las Vegas and uh, connected with a very good friend who is connected with somebody who is connected with uh, the folks who are being sued. So I actually heard about this right after Adam Carolla uh, got his letter from the lawyer. And as soon as I came back, I was able to uh, do a little bit of research, find out what I could legally say uh, out there into the public without uh, divulging too much information. And if you want to find out what this podcasting patent is, how it all got started and everything, the very first episode that you should go back to is episode 292, all right? That's podcastanswerman.com slash 292, by the way, and I'll have a link to that in today's show notes, and uh, that's going to be at podcastanswerman.com slash 311, all right? Now, a couple weeks after that, I released episode number 298 of Podcast Answer Man, where I gave you another update about the podcasting patent lawsuit, And I talked to you about supporting the S.H.I.E.L.D. Act, S-H-I-E-L-D Act. And, um, you know, I still never heard from any of my senators or lawmakers in my area from that. Normally when I call them, I get a letter in the mail. This time I didn't. And I will certainly be thinking about that when I am uh, looking to vote the next time around. Anyway, the next thing that I want to share with you is that uh, I've been quiet on this subject. Now, the I've, I'm privy to some information behind the scenes, but nothing that I've been able to share. Really, the only thing I'm going to share with you here uh, in Podcast Answer Man publicly is things that have been released publicly elsewhere. And so I have been intentionally quiet on the subject, but I have been following the story very closely And I will tell you, some things are boiling to the top in a very big way. And I think probably, for me, I think in a very encouraging way. And in the end, one way or another, I see this podcasting patent lawsuit from Personal Audio LLC, dare I say it, a blessing? Uh, Dare I say it, it might be something that brings podcasting to the forefront of everyone's mind when it comes to making this thing go mainstream, more mainstream than it already has 
uh, been becoming. It's just going to continue to escalate the popularity of podcasting. I think this is this potentially is exciting. And I know there are some people they hear about this podcast patent lawsuit and they're they're scared. And and some people certainly should be. I mean, if you're making millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from podcasting, uh, there there is good reason to potentially be worried about whether or not you might be the next person to receive a law uh, a letter from a lawyer and stuff like that. Um, I you know I, I could potentially receive such such letters. I have not received anything. Uh, I, I certainly could become a bigger target the more I continue to report on this subject. Here, it might be smarter for me to keep my mouth shut and not bring you any updates about any of this stuff and kind of just be hush-hush, but that's not what I promised to do for you guys, and so I am here to share that uh, there's some new information out there, and it's some pretty pretty widespread information, so why would I say this is a blessing? Well, here's the deal. You guys heard of this thing called National Public Radio? They've got pretty wide distribution, and well, guess what? They're also very huge in the use of podcasting. They were one of the first real radio broadcasting corporations and even corporations as a whole that dumped, that jumped in head first into the world of podcasting. And I'm so excited about the fact that they did that. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was an episode recently on something called Planet Money. Now, I don't listen to national public radio. I don't have anything against them. It's just I listen to other kind of content. But my email inbox got flooded when episode number 462 of NPR's Planet Money came out, and it was titled, When Patents Hit the Podcast. When Patents Hit the Podcast. And in this episode, the the hosts of Planet Money actually talk about the podcasting patent, where it came from, what personal audio LLC is, who Jim Logan is, by the way, we finally have a name behind personal audio. It's a guy named Jim Logan. And you get a really good story behind the picture. It's 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 probably the best I've heard so so far. And if you want to hear this guy's voice and, and the kind of uh, humor that he has, let me play just a, this is a 43-second clip from Planet Money. Listen to this. So once Jim realized that, hey, I might be able to use this old patent, he went to work. And the first target was, in fact, Apple. Not for podcasting, but for the ability to make a playlist. You know, the way you put songs in a certain order on iTunes or on your iPhone, that was something that Jim claimed that he invented. Like, I have a playlist on my phone that's like summer favorites, you know, and then it's a bunch of summer songs. And that, you have a patent on that. Yes, and you owe us 15 cents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds kind of scary, but he was actually joking. Joking about me paying for my playlist, but they definitely went after Apple to pay them. All right, so there you go. You get to hear Jim Logan's voice and his sense of humor. Uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about listening to that, and I encourage you to go and listen to that entire episode of Planet Money, uh, it was good to hear Jim's side of the story. Um, I completely disagree with him, but uh, it was good to hear his side of the story. One of the things he says, he says, listen, you know, these podcasters, they should reach out to me. They, you know, they're all, I think they, they, they're scared and stuff like that. But I, I think that if, if they would reach out and, and negotiate a license deal with, they'd find that it's, you know, that it's quite reasonable. And that's kind of, uh, you know, that's just a paraphrase of something that he said in the episode. Now, the EFF, the, the Electronic Fun- Frontier Foundation, of course, I shared in the, uh, I think it was episode 298, where they had said, listen, we're fighting this thing, and our our suggestion to people who ask me is that you should not respond to those letters. You should not enter into negotiations with them. Um, and, of course, I do not provide legal advice here, so I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. But I will tell you that it was an interesting listen, and it was a very good episode of Planet Money that gives you an overview of this. Now, listening to that audio, I will tell you that it seems a little bit more scarier. Or a little bit, you like that? It's a little more scarier than what I would actually think that it really is. 
about whether or not you need to worry about this stuff. But then again, I'm not a lawyer either. So just keep that in mind. Now, on June 5th, uh, not too long after that, uh, NPR's Morning Edition also tackled the podcasting patent. In fact, it was the same uh, lady from uh, Planet Money. She came and, and it was a re-edit of the story. And it is a, it is slightly different. It's titled How One Podcast Patent or How One Patent Could Take Down One Comedian. And it very much is the same story, but told in a different way. And and, and it, 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 again, gives you a different light. It gives you a different angle, and it's worth listening to as well. I'm going to put links to the Planet Money story and the NPR's Morning Edition story in the episodes here for Podcast Answer Man, episode number 311, which, by the way, you can find at podcastanswerman.com slash 311. All right? Now, uh, so a blessing, I think, because... You know, you've got NPR out there, and they are talking about the not just patents. I mean, it'd be one thing to talk about patent trolls. They're actually talking about patents and where a patent, well, what they consider, or some people consider to be a patent troll, actually seeking out and going against consumers of infra, of of this technology. And they even brought up the whole Wi-Fi situation where coffee shop owners are getting you know, these legal actions taken against them uh, for patent infringement, for uh, providing free Wi-Fi uh, at a coffee shop. Anyway, great stories. Go listen to them. Not only has NPR got on this, and of course, The Verge has uh, written some stories. Uh, the Verge actually has a story called A Look at the uh, Pat." let's see, A Look at the Patent on Distributing Podcasts and the EFF, or Electronic Frontier Front Foundation's plan to fight it. That's another article. And then uh, Mashable has Software Patent Trolls. Obama's got you in his sights. That's coming from Mashable. And The Verge also did a story titled, uh, President Obama to take aim at patent trolls with executive actions on Tuesday. And there's even uh, some pretty interesting information. Now, I don't know if President Obama is directly responding to anything he's heard about the podcasting patent. I know that uh, he is very much aware that there are some patent issues or some issues with the patent process, especially when it comes to software. And uh, he's making some recommendations to the changes uh, recommended changes to the law relating to patents, and he's also signing into uh, the deal here some executive orders. You can re- I'm not going to go into all the details about that. It's not, like I said, I, I looked at it. I didn't see anything directly related to this particular podcasting patent case, but certainly, certainly things are heating up here, and things are looking really good. And the biggest story, the biggest story that I want to tell you about is the EFF's decision that they are actually going to fight this at the patent office level. And rather than me trying to explain it, um, Leo Laporte did a really wonderful job in about five minutes and 13 seconds, kind of giving you a really good picture of what the EFF is doing. And um, I pulled the audio clip. This is from uh, This Week in Tech podcast episode number 408. And let me just go ahead and play that for you right now. So some good news, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, I think this was on Friday, um, decided to uh, get involved in the Save Podcasting movement, and I wanted to mention that. Now, a number of companies have been sued, we have not, by a podcast troll uh, called um, uh, Personal, Audio. Personal Audio, LLC. Interesting story behind this company. They have patent a recent patent, it's only a few years old, but it was based on a patent that came out in 1996. And uh, EFF believes, as I do, that the patent that they got in 1996 is bizarre and bogus. It's basically they patented the playlist. And uh, so what EFF has decided to do, and I think this is the right attitude, is not to fight them in court, but to go to the patent and trademark office. This is another defense if you get involved. I've learned a lot about this in the last few months. If you get involved in a patent case, you can go to the patent and trademark office if you have prior art. And say, you know what? This was a bad patent. You should never have given this patent. And here's why. And so they uh, have raised some money, raised quite a bit of money. They said they needed $30,000 to do this inter partes 
um, challenge of the patent. In under 10 hours, they raised the $30,000. They're now at 60000 with 1,000 supporters. We put in 2500 bucks because it's gonna, it could save us a lot of money in court costs if this goes through. Uh, I encourage you to visit EFF.org. If you want to give a buck, a couple of bucks, help support this. Um, they are gathering prior art right now. Uh, in fact, if you look at the website, uh, there is a button that says Save Podcasting Prior Art that it goes to Ask Patents at patents.stackexchange.com. And they've already collected, I think, some very significant examples of pre-1996 playlists, audio subscriptions, things like that. It's, it's pretty obvious to anybody who's been in this business that uh, podcasting wasn't invented in 1996, that it's been around for a lot longer. Uh, it's a bad patent. I've always thought it was a bad patent. And uh, a number of uh, our friends have been sued, like Adam Carolla. Um, instead of, you could fight it in court, but I think the best way to do this and save pa- podcasting for everybody is to just get the patent overturned. So help EFF do that. Uh, I have very high hopes of this. I, when I looked at the prior art, I thought, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Remember they did that? Oh yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, it goes way back, way, way, way back. So this, um, case is, this case is interesting because it's not a typical patent troll. Uh, most patent trolls are NPE, uh, non-practicing entities that never made anything, never tried to make anything. All they did was they acquired a bunch of patents and then they go out and they sue people. Personal Audio actually is a failed maker. They tried to make a, a podcast device, an MP3 player. Uh, and in the process of doing that, they filed for what is now what we, we know is an incredibly vague patent that should not have been granted. So on the one hand, yeah, they're absolutely a patent troll. On the other hand, they, they're not – their lineage isn't that of a patent troll. Okay, I'm going to argue with you a little bit. So the guy, the guy in 96 who got this patent is supposedly part of this company, but that's very common with patent trolls. You go to the original patent inventor and you say, hey – they are truly a non-practicing entity in the sense that they never, never made anything, and they never, and they currently are not a practicing entity. So you know you could debate what a patent troll is, but it's pretty clear that the companies that are doing this at this point uh, are doing it to make money off of what was clearly a bad patent, uh, not trying to make money by making something, but trying to make money by people like us and other podcasters who are uh, using something that's very obvious technology. The Cyber Law Clinic at Harvard's uh, Berkman Center uh, is going to participate in this with the EFF. That encourages me. You've got some pretty heavy hitters on this. Um, of course, the uh, the company is going to say, well, well no, you know, we made something. But I don't think that's really the case. And they're going after, they say, we're just going after NBC and CBS, big companies. Um, no. <laughs> they're going after everybody. And well, they I, went after Apple, and they got an $8 million settlement. Different patent. That's, now their, that's their war chest, right? Yeah, but it was a different, completely different patent. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've done a little research into this because I've been curious what's going on, uh, and uh, I'm encouraged by it. If you want to support it, I think the best thing to do is to read more about it at EFF.org. I'm an a ongoing contributor to EFF, uh, but I thought this was a good one to give them a little extra money. Uh, and we were glad to uh, help them uh, do that. Uh, I don't know how long the inter partes process takes. When we talked to our attorneys, we, have, we actually hired a very good law firm that does deal with this uh, specific subject in kind of a defensive way. Um, they said that this is a good, this is a good approach uh, as long as it works. And the patent office is a little unpredictable. <laughs> but after looking at the uh, prior art, I think there's a very strong case here. So help the EFF. It would help all of us and uh, preserve what I think is a very important medium for us all all right so there you go that is uh leo's discussion of what he shared on this week in tech i'll tell you i think leo has some of the some of the the details maybe a little bit fuzzy there i think that um the both of the npr stories that i told you about if you click through to the links and listen to those you'll get a much clearer understanding of exactly which patents are being discussed and, and talked about and certainly uh, the one, the reason why I brought in the audio clip from uh, Leo is the the story of the e the EFF, the Electronic Fun Frontier Foundation, and their decision to actually fight the validity of the original 1996 patent uh, that was revised recently to become the podcasting patent, 
And uh, their decision was that, hey, we will fight this. We just need about $30,000 to be able to fight it. It's going to cost us a lot of money to fight this thing um, at this level. We're willing to do it. We just need your help. And so they created a site at EFF.org slash save dash podcasting or save hyphen podcasting. Again, that's EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation. So EFF.org slash save podcasting. Now, when you get there, there'll be two different buttons at the top of the page. One is that you can donate money and that'll take you to a page that tells you that um, as of the time that I'm recording this, they've already raised $67,928. So they've more than doubled what their goal was and they've had 1,180 supporters. Now, um, it, it looks to me like they're getting the support that they need. If they need more, I would imagine they'll ask for more. Uh, but uh, let's see how this thing turns out. I think this is very encouraging information uh, and certainly has put a lot of my own mind to rest about it. Not that I was all that worried about it in the beginning. Uh, and I certainly love all that that uh, Jim Rogan and uh, Personal Audio LLC and and all these people. I, I love the attention that it's gotten out there in, in the national media. Uh, and I think this is... I think this is a good thing for podcasting, and I do believe we're going to win this. Uh, but if you want to participate, uh, especially if you want to help them, the other button, by the way, at EFF.org slash save hyphen podcasting is where you can actually submit other examples of prior art or prior um, works that um, that would help prove uh, that the original patent should not have been awarded. Anyway, that that's my update. That is the update to the podcasting patent. And again, I will put links to everything that I just mentioned at podcastanswerman.com slash 311 or podcastanswerman.com slash 311. Well, my friends, it is that time once again, another social media segment with our social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher. Eric, how are you, sir? I am doing awesome. That's wonderful. I'm doing awesome as well. Isn't life grand? It's great. (laughs) And grand. And grand. Hey, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about clout. Clout? Yeah. What is clout? Clout is, well, clout's kind of hard to define in some ways. It's almost a social network in and of itself that connects to your other social networks and then tells you, how and others how influential you are on those networks you know i probably would have never considered clout to be a social network until just recently um it, it well if you and i that by the way i'm i'm i i'm not unfamiliar with clout you and i discussed clout when f- it first came on the scene which is probably about 2 years ago maybe yes. a little bit longer And we did an entire episode of Social Media Serenity about this service. And we've never talked about it here on Podcast Answer Man. So that's why we're bringing it up. Yes. But the way that you describe it is interesting. And it is certainly accurate, I would say. But if somebody were to ask me how I would define clout is, Mm -hmm. I would say that it is a service that attempts to rank how influential certain individuals are through their use of social media. That's, yes. That, that's the primary goal is to to rank people based upon influence and using some fancy algorithm that they don't necessarily tell you all the details about how they do it, but, um, you know, they do share some information about, you know, what they're looking at. I've never personally looked in at all the details. Uh, I, I suppose if I did, I could probably improve my clout score. Have you ever investigated how clout, what what algorithm, what kind of things uh, are more beneficial towards increasing your clout score versus other things? I know that at one point it was important to have, well, just engagement. Engagement overall. Uh, so, for example, on, and I could even, I'll pick one network. We'll okay. go with Facebook. All right. I know that posting a post and then having a lot of people either like it or comment on it 
or share it is going to give you higher, is going to tell them you deserve a higher clout score because a lot of people interacted with that one particular post. So then you take that to the next network and translate, you know, all the different things that engagement looks like with retweets, et cetera. Gotcha. With a different networks, for example, that one would be Twitter. So basically, I definitely can understand how that is a decent measure of influence. It's it's one thing to have people follow you, but it's another thing completely to post something and have people interact with you. Um, so certainly, the more interaction that you have, potentially, I could see a great deal more influence. So basically, when you're showing up in somebody's newsfeed. Uh, rather than skipping over, they're actually interacting. That 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 kind of equals a level of influence. So I can kind of get that. Uh, w- one of the things that I believe probably is factored in, and I don't know this to be sure, but I, I'm sure it has something to do with it, with it, is the number of friends that maybe you have on Facebook, the yes. number of connections on LinkedIn, or the number of followers on Twitter, and so on and so forth. Would, would uh, That would yes. be an indicator. And I know another one is when people with a higher clout score than you interact with your stuff. So, for example, uh, just recently I, I said something uh, about doing juicing to Chris Brogan and just thanked him for always continually tweeting and making it look awesome to do. And he replied back. And so then that counted in clout. It said something like, a, clout, a celebrity you know, re- responded to you or interacted with you. And so. Gotcha. So so now I wonder if the opposite of that is true. If if a bunch of people with only three or four followers, if they're consistently interacting with you, does that drop it down at all? I wonder. I, I don't think it does. No. I think it's. It, I think it's. They understand that you're. If anything, it doesn't hurt you. It still helps you because you're still interacting. Yeah. If you are so. So and, and okay. So let's t- think about this. Obviously, if you have a large number of followers, I'm going to stress the word that can be an indicator of influence, although those numbers can be um, hacked, if you will. They can be artificially inflated. Uh, there are services out there with, that will allow you to buy followers and mm-hmm. and all kinds of other... The system can be gamed. Exactly. So it's not necessarily an indicator in and of itself, which is why clout is not just looking at your indicators of uh, how many people you're connected to, but they want to know real engagement. And and I definitely can see that, you know, there would be some viability to the fact that if you're uh, interacting and you have back and forth conversations with people who have higher clout ratings, uh, that, that if they're interacting with you, then obviously you're on their radar, which means you're influencing an influencer, which should increase, I guess, maybe your ranking of how influential you are. Because indirectly you're influencing other people by influencing the influencer yes that made sense actually it actually made a lot of sense wow so anyway um so that's what clout is clout is in my opinion i i i I agree with you eric it's a social network today uh which who needs another one we always say that but but the thing is is more than a social network it's an original intended purpose is that it is a platform for rating and ranking how influential individuals are with their use of online social media tools. Now, the question is, is what do you think about it? We shared a long time ago what we thought about it in Social Media Serenity. What did you think when it first came on the scene, and has that changed? My thoughts have definitely changed. Uh, originally, I thought, wow, this is cool. I can kind of have a guide or a, a gauge of some sort to see how well I'm doing online. I know better now than to just say how I'm doing in general with with my efforts online, specifically social, that they're measured by you know people interacting only because there's a lot of offline. I mean, this doesn't take into account offline influence whatsoever. Right. Which hopefully translates into online influence. Let's, you know, don't get me wrong, but there's no, hey, how many uh, sales have you made from, some, from a particular passive income product you've created? There's, that does not get measured here whatsoever. And I'd say that has a ton of influence. Right. But uh, 
that would also, again, then translate into some of this social influence because people will be raving about your products if they're that good. So it's not that disconnected again anyway. So I, I'm still not clear. What, what was your original thought when Cloud originally, came, came so on the originally, scene? So originally, I, I didn't know what to make of it, honestly, when it first started. And, and then early on, I decided, oh, this is cool. I've got a pretty cool number, so I feel cool. Honestly, okay. That's, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, when you yeah, when you go to look, here. hey, I'm gonna go look to see how I compare to everybody else. Because honestly, that's how things were back then, and even now, people do that. I do that. Yeah. I confess, but uh, I don't do it as often as I used to. But uh, you know, I'm also sitting on a higher clout score than I've ever had before. So that's, you know, take that for, with a grain of salt. These days, I, I again, I now see it as it's morphed into a social network and it's definitely more of a hub where people go and are are actually interacting with different pieces that they've added to the mix and so i guess that's that's my thoughts these days i'm still a little muddy on on your your response because i clearly remember an entire hour-long episode of social media serenity (laughs) where we did nothing and and eric you can correct me if you think i'm wrong and it's been a while and the archives are there but i'm pretty sure that you and I went on for at least 25 minutes with the whole clout ain't got no clout. Uh, well, and that would have been what I felt like at that time. Yeah, that it's was like, what who, I was who thinking. Do you, we, we, I, I distinctly remember at least myself saying the words, who do you think you are to tell me how influential I am? You know, it, it, you can't, you, you have no clue. You know, you, you can't use your algorithm to sit there and, and determine whether or not, you know, it. you're not measuring my podcast. You're not measuring right. so many other things. You know, I, I may not may, maybe get on and tweet as many times as somebody else out there and, and say something really cool. But, man, I, I can get behind a microphone and, and all of a sudden 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50,000 people all of a sudden are out there buying Fitbits or doing this or doing that. Who, who do you think you are to tell me how influential I am? And and, and I just remember, and, and, and by the way, Clout seems to be the only one of these social uh, ranking sites that really gets any attention or any of my attention anymore. But back when we were first introduced to Clout, there were several other Twitter rankings and other social ranking sites out there. Yes. They all fell away. Clout stayed. So I do recall the phrase, my, my initial thoughts when, when, we, when we were approached with this is, you know, clout ain't got no clout. That, that, was, that was my initial response. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they, this is stupid. Nobody, you know. And, and I remember saying, I, the re- reason why I don't like clout, and this was what I said originally. The reason why I don't like clout is because I believe that some businesses are going to make hiring decisions based upon someone's clout score. And I just don't think an algorithm can accurately, um, you know, predict somebody's influence in the online world. Or their ex- their amount of expertise to do that job. Yes. Yeah. Now, I've read a, I have read a story about that in Wired Magazine about a year ago, actually. And it was a little bit scary to read and just see that, that, that there was a story there that somebody was in an interview and they were told they weren't getting the job because somebody else with a clout score that was about 10 or 15 points higher was getting it. Yeah. And that was the reason. So... <sighs> My question, and for myself then, has has my thoughts changed? Well, today, I would say that Clout does have clout. They have built a name for themselves. They have built a somewhat of a reputation online of being a little bit more reliable. They have an algorithm that certainly takes into account a lot of different things. And if I look at the people that I'm connected to online and and I kind of see where they're your, their scores are, I can say, yeah, I would actually say that that person is, you know, maybe in an online sense, a little bit more influential. Um, you know, it, and, and even you, Eric, I think at this time, your clout score is a little bit higher than mine. And I I don't know, you know, you and I go back and forth, I, I think, but um, you and I are pretty high up at the top. We're not, you know, Chris Brogan level or Michael Hyatt level, or you might be at this point. But um, 
but it, I, I certainly see some of the other people that I interact with that, um, you know, their, their scores are, you know, 20 points lower and stuff like that. I, I do see, I do see some, uh, an, a good indicator, a good early indicator of how socially influential someone is. The question is whether or not I would ever use this to ter- determine whether or not to bring somebody on board in my own business. You know, somebody, if, if I wanted to hire somebody to help me uh, with the social media marketing brand of Podcast Answer Man or the Podcast Mastermind or, or this or that, you know, would, would I actually look at someone's clout score? Uh, and I don't think that I would. I don't think that I don't think that that would play in for me. But if I was hiring a social media manager and, and it was a different company, I, if I was a different company, I probably would turn to clout and just at least see what was there. Yeah. So, for example, um, and here's the thing. I think that it's it's a good indicator, not necessarily of influence itself, but of social media influence. Because, or even social media expertise to a certain extent, because in order to get a pretty good cloud score, you've got to do some pretty good things and know how to do them in order for your score to actually go up. Yeah. So, so for example, I know that we're hiring for a position where I work and I've actually recommended somebody. And so I just went and looked and they have a decent cloud score. So you actually so did feel, look at their cloud score. I did score. just do that. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So, so that, I mean, in my mind, that kind of, you know, solidifies. What's that? Mostly I'm doing it as a confirmation. Yeah. And the fact that we're having this conversation. Well, well, here's the thing though. If, if, if you went in and that person, I don't know what that person's clout score is, but if it was 30 points lower, would you second guess your hiring decision or, or your, um, referral, um, recommendation? No, what I would do then is I would ask, well, you, I would go and look at their social profiles to see what they're doing and how they do their own personal stuff. And then I would ask them what would be the difference between what they do personally and what they would want to do, what would their vision be to do social professionally? Right. Because I'd want to hear what they, because I wouldn't be seeing that they would be doing it on their personal brand. I want, want to see what they would do with our brand. Gotcha. That makes sense. So so a- another thing that uh, concerned me early on about clout, and it still concerns me today, and I'm concerned for you, Eric, and me. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, but no, I'm how, in trouble. No, but how much we allow ourselves to uh, kind of ju- allow ourselves to kind of feel good about ourselves or not so good about ourselves based upon whether or not our Twitter follower count went up or down, clout score went up or down or this or that. Um, you know, why, why is that? Why? I mean, you said that you confess that you check it out. You like it when you're you're up and and you sign into clout and it says, hey, your clout score went up one. And when you sign, I don't know about you, but it's like, uh, when when I sign in, it says, "Hey, your clout score dropped by one point." It's like, "Huh? What? What did I do?" Um, right. You know, I, I, why does that matter? I mean, it, and it certainly, I don't think that it should. But there's something psychological about this, and I think that uh, you know this this goes with the whole thing. With you know, these things are public. You know, your Twitter account is is public, and how many people are following you, and and all that other stuff. You know, sometimes I feel that other people will look and make a decision about how they feel about me based upon or or at least how many people follow me on Twitter will factor in into how people see me professionally or maybe even personally so if they see that i have you know nearly 10,000 people following me on Twitter that they that that's going to factor in it's like oh wow this Cliff Ravenscraft he's a He's a cool guy, you know. It's like, I, it, you know, I've heard ever, I've heard a lot of things about him, and yes, this Twitter profile and the number of followers to how many people he's following that that really impresses me. This this backs up what everybody said. Or what if everybody says what they say about me online, and then all of a sudden they go to connect with me on Twitter and they see that I only have two hundred people who follow me. All of a sudden, it's like that. I I don't know, Eric. Do you think that people really do make a 
a snap judgment and or at least the Twitter your Twitter account and and maybe even your clout score that that factors into their judgment about who you are as a person or as well, a brand. No, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that that happens. I think and that I hope what happens and that I hope to overcome myself is doing that because I don't want to here's the thing for me like for example I personally know that you, you let's just do a comparison between you and me because that's a safe thing to do because we're right. friends yeah like my cloud score is higher than yours I don't think that necessarily you, means the, that I have more influence quick, you're, you're currently at a 78 and I'm at a 74 so yeah so so four points and I think it and and, and mine's higher than it's ever been so I you know, I must be doing something quote unquote right. But the difference here for me is the fact that I think I spent, well, I'll just say it. I spend more time doing social than you do. So I'm going to get more return from that. However, you do more stuff on your business, which turns into money. And I would rather have that. <laughs> I would rather have that. I like that. <laughs> now, here, here, so, here's the deal. And, and I did not talk to Pat to ask him if I could bring this in. And I hope that he won't hate me. But, uh, you know, we, we get a strong enough friendship that I think that he'd be okay. But here's the situation. I mean, Eric, you and I both would agree that Pat Flynn online, socially, is far more influential than me. I hear his name more than you. Exactly. Yes. You know, when it comes to my podcast, his podcast probably has uh, twice or three times as many subscribers, at least when compared to, you know, my business related stuff, podcast answer, man. Some of my entertainment based stuff, I might be able to give him a run for his money. But still, when it comes to the business, there's no doubt that he has more subscribers when it, I, I don't even have a Facebook fan page. All right. So so let's get that one out there. Uh, and so if I go to facebook.com slash smart passive income, he's got 34,683 people who like his fan page. Yeah. On Facebook, guess what I have? I have 2,939 friends. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I've only got about 500 friends. Okay. So compare my almost 3,000 friends to Pat Flynn's. What did I just say? Like 30,000, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so let me pull that up again. Smart, Facebook.com, smart passive income. So thirty, almost 35,000. Uh, so he's got 35,000. I have 3,000. All right, now let's go to Twitter. Let's look at Twitter real quick. Twitter.com slash, uh, he's Pat Flynn. Everybody should go follow 65, him, by the way. 65,000 followers. So he has 65,000 followers. And I have almost 10,000. All right. Now, get this. My Twix, my my clout score, 74. Pat Flynn, 67. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it's not because Pat doesn't spend as much time interacting on social media because he does it more than I do. He's, right. he's on Twitter interacting with people more. When he actually tweets something, he gets more retweets than I do. When he posts something on Facebook, he gets more comments than I do. And and I happen to know that when he puts something in his blog and puts a link to my site, he, he's got people who aren't, this isn't just the, you know, the tens of thousands of fr- followers and friends and stuff like that that really pay really no attention to who he, when he, Pep Flynn links to you, your site sees action. I mean, the sm- the the servers start smoking. That's what happens. Yeah. All right. So so this I bring all of this to say that clout should not really you should not allow these scores, uh, especially clout, to give you any bad feelings about who you are. Because you know if if Pat all of a sudden tied his identity and the way that he felt about himself and and allowed this to really you know um influence his the way he feels about his day based upon his clout score that you know that Cliff's all the way up there at 74 and Eric Fisher is at 78 and he's at 67 that that's ridiculous because you and I both know we don't we pale in comparison to the influence that Pat Flynn has online agreed so this is this is where I'm going with this. So I would say that clout still doesn't always get it right. And I don't believe that we should allow ourselves to tie our our sense of self-worth, 
our sense of uh, self-identity or anything to, like that to the number of people who follow us and the, to a, a number that clout might assign to our ranking as far as our influence. Instead, what we ought to do is decide what is our purpose and our meaning and our desired goals in life, and are we achieving those things? Exactly. And, and so taking that into account, and that's almost basically you're applying your, hey, don't check your stats every five seconds exactly to social networking influence. One of the things I'll say is that I think then clout does become a useful tool when it comes to looking at what you've done well on social. Because you can go there and you can look at your moments the, the, for the past 90 days, and it'll show you which things you've done online with you know social networking that have been the most interacted with. And you can look and you can maybe say, oh, that was a thing that I put out there that was interacted with heavily. What was it about that that did that? Was it the content? Was it the way I presented the content? Was it the time of day for that matter? You know, and you can kind of look and see, oh, okay, well, this is how I can deliver that again. Right. And that's beneficial. And and by the way, I just went to clout.com slash pound slash Pat Flynn. And I know why his score is lower than mine. And it's because the only two social networks that he's personally gone in and attached to his user ID there is his Twitter profile and his Facebook profile. And if he were to switch that profile, Facebook profile out and put his Facebook fan page, he'd be up near like 80, I thought I would think. Uh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. But he's only got those two, so he could totally add in yeah, um, whatever the other ones are. I forget what's, what's yeah. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, well, the thing is, is, is if he was to just LinkedIn, add... LinkedIn, Google+. Plus, yeah, he would... Probably he, would be enough. If he did LinkedIn, Google+, Plus, and... Oh, YouTube, his Instagram. His Instagram and his YouTube. He, I, I can guarantee you that if, if Pat Flynn went in and added all of his social networks that are able to be connected to clout his clout score would go from 67 and i bet you anything he would be in the high 80s yes which is another reason why i do not like um clout necessarily for ranking these things because the only way to get a good ranking is to actually participate in clout so you know i mean still even even with even if you only look at Twitter, and well, the thing is, his personal profile on Facebook, I can kind of see because I don't think he uses that the same way that I do. Right. But yeah. but still, his pers- his Twitter account alone should pump his score up higher than mine. So, but but yeah, th- th- that's the thing for for Pat to actually benefit from a true authentic rating or ranking from Clout, he would actually go- need to go in and put his or connect his. Um, YouTube and all those other services. Yeah. And if he did that, it would go up. But, um, you know, here's but here's the other thing is, I signed in the other day, and they came up with this thing called Clout Experts. We'll talk a little bit more about specifically what that is. But what I really did not like is this thing that says, do you want to improve your Clout Influence score? And, 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 and the message seems to be, if you want to improve your clout score, interact more here on our site. Invite your friends to clout and you will have more clout. Your score will go up. And you know, you use your social media to invite your Twitter friends and your Facebook friends and your LinkedIn and all these people. Invite them to clout and every for each person you bring in will increase your clout. It's like you're buying stuff by doing things to build their network. And I think that is super shady. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even there's no guarantee that even having somebody that you've invited accept the invitation improves your score at all. Well, because we don't know what the algorithm actually is. We don't know that, but I do know for a fact that they have offered that as a an incentive for me doing it. Right. Mean, meaning that there there has been a message that says, do you want to improve your score? Invite these friends. And it's yeah. like, that's no, you can't be buying this stuff. The question is, is are you actively engaged and influential with people or not? And I and they could maybe come back and argue that says, well, if you can invite people and they say yes, then obviously that shows that you have some influence with them. 
<laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so here's the thing. Let's talk real quickly about uh, topics because this is something that uh, has been a part of uh, Clout for a very long time. Yeah. What so you tell can us about be, topics. The topics that you can be known for or influential in uh, are are part of it. So So for me... Uh, I'll go and I look at my profile and, and it says that I am influential in productivity, social media, podcasts, getting things done, and internet marketing. And I can even click manage my topics and look at other things like that list there that don't, that don't show as my primary. And this is similar to LinkedIn's stuff, although LinkedIn's is more credible because it's actually connected to professional people and you get endorsements. This is more clicking a like button on, yeah, I think that person's cool. Um, so the other ones I've got are, you know, business, books, Facebook, PodCamp. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, it, and I can, oh, Twitter, entrepreneurship, technology, music, speakers. Anyway, so there's like a top ranking 10 and then there's these other potential topics. And so I can, I can move them around. But so yeah, you can see from a glance potentially what somebody's top you know known for topics are yeah and they've they've added something to the mix called clout experts which ties into topics which according to them helps you grow your influence by answering questions about your influential topics yeah and see that's again you know interact here on our network and we'll improve your score Right. And again, I think that this is, I do not like this, you know, where all of a sudden now you're, you know, you've you've got people out there who want to desperately improve their clout score. Uh, Not me, by the way. I I really do do not actually participate in that. I did play around with a couple of the questions just to see what it looks like and see what the reaction is and stuff like that. But um, I do believe there are people out there who will sit there and spend an hour every day answering questions on clout just so that they can increase their clout score. I'm not one of them. Good. I've only answered a couple of questions to try it out and see what it was doing. And I do want to say there are two things that bother me. Um, and, and then I actually, since we're on the, the topic of these thing, these expert questions, I signed up for it, as I said, and it went in and it asked me a question. And so I played around with this yesterday and this is what I did. I, I answered the question, then I shared it on Twitter and I shared it on Facebook and the question was, what are the three most important pieces of advice you can give to someone who is new to social media? And so I shared those. I shared that that was a question that I was propo- that was proposed to me. And I said, click here if you want to see my answer. And so it got 23 views is all it got. Uh, it did get two shares. So basically, my answer got shared by uh, two other people on their networks. And three people decided to give to endorse me with a plus K endorsement. So, um, I, and that's where I think it brings in what by people doing those plus K's is where you get your cloud score bumped. So, yeah. And so I know, it's like link bait to plus K's. Yeah. I know you, you have to leave here in about five minutes. So, um, the only other thing, Eric, that I would say is that, you know, cloud, I, I think that it probably still is just a little bit too much overhyped and some people give it too much importance including myself at times. I don't, I don't understand still why I ever sign into Clout. Um, and another problem that I have with Clout is that, uh, you know, I go to my profile and it says, your influencers. And it had some weird people in there that I did not consider my influencers. So you go in and um, I click on see more and then you can add an influencer. And so there's definitely somebody who influences me that's not in my list. And so I type in a user's name and I put in Michael Hyatt, all right? And he pulls up in this drop-down list and I click on his name and it disappears. And so it's broken. It won't let me add who my real influencers are. I yeah. kind of really hate that. Um, and then when, you know, we get into the topics, they used to have this, They they we all had this topic called podcasting with an I-N-G and it they took it away. It, it's no longer a topic with, uh, with a page anymore. And so all of the plus K's that I had for podcasting for so long is now gone. And when it comes to podcasts or podcast, uh, so it looks like podcast is the is the new score or new thing. 
anyway, I, I it's it's like I I have nothing anymore because they decided to get rid of the one topic where I had gained so much. Uh, clout if you will yeah they have podcasts in there yeah that's what it is it's podcasts so So, and leo looks like he's the top influencer so that seems somewhat accurate yeah but if you if you click on see all or see more or something like that i'm nowhere in the list and you know i i I would think that i would show up somewhere yeah there's people with lower clout scores than you showing up so it's it's not entirely accurate exactly and so that that kind of bums me And, and the question is why do I care? <laughs> you know, right, it's, it's, exactly. but, but the thing is, is for some reason I do. And, and, and I don't understand why. And that's one of the reasons why I hate cloud. It, it's, it just, a pu- it's a public place where people are ranking according to authority in certain topics. Yeah. And you kind of think not necessarily based on just you alone, but by what other people have said about you, as we've always said about experts is that other people have been calling you that. And so to a certain extent, you want to see that what other people have validated with social proof is shown to be true. Yeah. And the so. question is, is do we need clout to validate us? And and I will say that, uh, no, I don't need it. No. But sometimes I find myself upset that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so my friends, that is clout. It's clout with a K, K-L-O-U-T dot com clout dot com and uh you know if you haven't ever heard about it that's what it is that's our thoughts on it uh, my thoughts today is that it is a little bit more accurate in judging somebody else's online influence but as you can see it's not perfect because the person that is being judged needs to participate to be able to be accurately uh ranked and so therefore uh don't judge a pat flynn by his clout score <laughs> nice <laughs> all right eric if people want to find you online where you want them to go my friend go check out the podcast go to beyond the to-do list.com you can find everything else to connect with me there but just check out the awesome shows that have been happening lately with the awesome interviews that people have given me very cool beyond the to-do list.com thanks again eric and we'll talk to you again soon my friend see ya Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Thank you for tuning in yet once again. Uh, Real quickly here, I have just two announcements that I want to make. Uh, The first one is a quick thank you and shout out to those of you who have been using my Bluehost affiliate link. Now, you guys know by now, or if you're brand new, you may not know this. uh, You can go to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting and get all of my thoughts on where is the best place to host your website, your WordPress installation, Uh, whether it be shared hosting uh, with Bluehost or is there another service that might be better for you? When do you need to grow out or when you've outgrown shared hosting? How do you know that? All of that information is linked to at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And many of you know that I believe that a majority of podcasters will get their greatest start, their biggest bang for the buck, getting started in podcasting with an account at Bluehost. And yes, I do get a very, very generous commission when you sign up for a hosting account through Bluehost. And I want to say thank you to the folks behind the following four domains that have been signed up recently using my affiliate link. MovieGoersView.com cbhstereo.com seniorhealthylifestyles.com gamedesignerchronicles.com Thank you to the four folks that are behind those domains. I really appreciate you using my affiliate link. Again, folks, if you want all of my thoughts about media hosting and website hosting, go over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And then the final announcement is that I just want to say that my podcasting A to Z course, we are now getting ready to wrap up the end of our third week together. Just checked this morning, or actually last night, and one of my students already has his first podcast recorded and sounds amazing. I'll be sharing that on Facebook and other social networks in the future. And uh, other students 
are just right around the bend of actually launching their shows. Looking forward to seeing at least, at least five or six brand new podcasts at the beginning of next week in iTunes. If you have been thinking about starting a podcast, you've been thinking about my podcasting A to Z course, well, my friends, my next session is already scheduled. That's right. My next session of podcasting A to Z is scheduled for July. Let me look here. July 22nd, I believe. Podcast. Actually, you can go to podcastinga2z.com. And it is. It begins on Monday, July 22nd, 2013. Now, if you sign up before the end of June, you can save $500 off the cost of the course. Use the promo code EARLY500. That's EARLY500. Thank you very much. And until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast! Add some ads.